Show. This is your host, State Senator Mike Azinger, accompanied by my co-host, Pastor Brian Leversey. And we are glad to be back with you for another edition of Voice of Truth Radio. Got lots of going on. Uh, just, golly, Nez, we're, we're talking, what day is this today? Today's Wednesday. Uh, if you're listening, it's a Thursday or Saturday. So we're just a few days uh, in in front of you. But lots, of, man, lots going on, Pastor, just uh, worldwide with... Uh, you know, just domestically, we've got a whole pipeline, the whole eastern seaboard, southeastern seaboard. It's unbelievable. Without gasoline, that's a little bit troubling. It is. And then we got Israel uh, getting bombed. And we're going to talk about that a, a, a bit. But uh, I don't know if you've seen those the videos of the Iron Dome. Boom. Shooting those rockets into the air, hitting another rocket. Only the Jews could figure something <laughs> out like that, right? The sons of Abraham have the biggest brains in the world, yeah. and and they can they can figure that out. But uh, we're, we're going to talk a, a minute about uh, uh, how Israel providentially came hmm. back into the only the only nation in the world in the history of the world that existed, ceased to exist, and came back yeah. and existed. So, uh, is there a God? No, there's no God. <laughs> I've often heard uh, pastors say that Israel in and of itself is the proof sign of all of the prophecies of God just because of how it's been intact and how it has survived throughout history. That's that's great. Uh, uh, I don't know if I was in Ezekiel or where it was, but God said, I put Israel boom, right? He didn't say boom, but he did say (laughs) he meant boom. He said, I put Israel right where I wanted it, and I surrounded it with those nations. Mm -hmm. And so what's he saying? He's saying, look, uh, I can do whatever I want with my people, and they they will exist if I want them to. Uh, So we just came out of uh, Mother's Day, too, right, Pastor? We had Mother's Day on Sunday. And uh, you were good to your wifey, and uh, I was nice to my wifey. And when they're happy, we're all happy. That's right. <laughs> that verse is somewhere in Scripture. I'm not sure where. But uh, so I just got, I got this email. I just wanted to share it with you. Uh, just a, a little bit of history on Mother's Day because it started in uh, West Virginia. Of course my, my, it did. my daughter said the other day, Daddy, uh, are there any famous people from West Virginia? <laughs> kind of like you know, West Virginia is like the uh, uh, the the bottom of the barrel, and uh, nobody. So mo- most Americans don't even know we are a state, but uh, we are. It, we are. We are a state. So, uh, so anyway, during um, here's a little bit of history. Julia Wardhow, who wrote the Battle Hymn of the Republic, one of my one of the all time great mm-hmm. songs, in my opinion. So she started uh, uh, she started a, a Mother's Day. Way back when, so this would have been, you know, okay, 1872, and she had it going for like, I don't know, 10 years, uh, and it was going, and and uh, it was kind of uh, sputtering a little bit, and finally just kind of faded away. Hmm. It didn't catch on, um, and some other people tried it some other places, um, but when, let me get down to my email here, Anna Jarvis from... 
Where? West Virginia. Oh. <laughs> so you're from Iowa and California. Are there any people, famous yeah, people in I California? I can't even think of one. <laughs> <laughs> There's no famous people in California. This is what I said to my daughter. I said, hey, look, we have a couple, Jerry West and um, 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 and I, I kind of fizzled with that. And I said, uh, go clean your room. <laughs> so Anna Jarvis, um, she she's the person most responsible for making Mother's Day a nationally observed event. And this took place, it started in a church in Grafton, West Virginia. So Grafton, West Virginia is due east of uh, Parkersburg, the Mid-Ohio Valley. If you go to Route 50 to Clarksburg, and I looked it up, and keep going. <laughs> There's no road to get there. You can't get there from here. It takes a two-hour drive, but if you could fly, uh, if you, could, you know, a bird could fly there in an hour and a half or an hour and 15 minutes. So she's from Grafton. She's the granddaughter of a Baptist preacher. Hmm. How about that? And she was a member, and it shows in the email I got here a, a picture of the church. I'm showing pastor oh, of the wow. picture of church. Uh, Do they old, have it on their sign? Like, we yeah. came up with Mother's Day. Yeah, they said, it says, we came up with Mother's Day. Exactly <laughs> what they said. International Mother's Day Shrine is what the sign says. Wow. Uh, she was a member of Andrews Methodist Episcopal Church, where she taught Sunday school. Anna Jarvis um, after one of her Bible lessons closed in prayer, she said this in 1876, I hope and pray that someone sometime will found a Mother's Day, a memorial Mother's Day commemorating her for the matchless service she renders to humanity in every field of life. She is entitled to it. And she had a great love for her mother, mm. obviously. And it came to pass um, right there in Grafton, West Virginia. <laughs> huh? Hey, but the backstory to all of this that, that isn't in your email is how it really started was there was a Hallmark agent who got a hold of her <laughs> and uh, <laughs> came up with the... Can't find that part. Well, of course, you said it wasn't in the email. No, I don't see anything about Hallmark. I will check into that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a hallmark agent, yeah. Well, I think it's appropriate, true. though, that uh, that a church and uh, a churchgoer came up with it. I, I think we've gotten away from honoring these callings that God has given to us because we live in a broken, sinful world where we're just trying to hide everything that God created. In fact, with the new language that's coming out for our culture today with critical race theory and everything, mm -hmm. it wouldn't be called Happy Mother's Day. It'd be Birthing Person's Day. <laughs> that doesn't have <laughs> that a ring to it. It loses it? its poetry Hallmark there. can't grab onto that no, one and do anything with it. it. Hallmark would be against that. So, <laughs> so Nancy Pelosi uh, mandated no, uh, no pronouns like mother and father on the mm -hmm. house floor um and and something you say um that that has stuck in my mind and i hate to give you credit for this but Boy, uh, <laughs> it hurts <laughs> you're gritting right uh, but uh but you uh, you've made the point that 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 uh, the ultimate rebellion of god is saying look i if being born a certain sex and 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 saying i am not that sex i'm mm. the other sex mm. i'm the opposite of how god made me mm. and i and i declare it yeah. And since I declare it, when I declare it, all my every cell in my body uh, changes from uh, a certain chromosome right. to another chromosome because every cell in our body has that uh, stamp mm -hmm. of God on it, telling us where we're a male well, or we, female. We know from Scripture, Lucifer made the same declaration. He said, "I will exalt myself above the Most High." It's it's the same declaration essentially. Mm -hmm. And it's we got him expelled from heaven and cast to earth. And it's the, it's the same heart of rebellion we have today when we cast aside everything God made us to be. And mm -hmm. we say, I will be something else. And mm -hmm. we, we go completely against the image of God that he's indelibly stamped upon his creation. Mm. Well, that's, 
Well said. So we got Israel. Let's talk Israel a second. We're going to, by the way, next segment, uh, talk to uh, Riley Moore, state treasurer. We're getting the big shots on the show. We, hey, does, they're lining up. How do we do that? <laughs> Did you slip in 10 bucks at that GOP meeting? Uh, so what, Riley Moore is the state treasurer. We're going to talk about education savings account, school choice, big mm, deal. Big deal. And this just passed and was signed into law by the governor in West Virginia. We have uh, maybe the freest ESA structure in the country in West mm. Virginia in terms of get, uh, the, the money following the student where you want your student. Now, there are some, um, there's some um, uh, rules in it that, that uh, make it a little, little difficult for, for, for Christians, but we did get it passed, and I think we can fix a lot of that stuff. But we'll talk to Riley more about it. But uh, we're talking about, uh, we're, we're watching in the news, Pastor, a lot, a lot of this stuff going on in Israel. Israel becomes a worldwide story from time to time. Yeah. And I was thinking last night, just on my walk, uh, at night, uh, h- how this happens kind of arbitrarily. You'll It'll be quiet, and then all of a sudden they'll start bombing Israel. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how that happens. Uh, but uh, Well, I'll tell you one way that it happens, too, is, you know, a lot of this stuff's flaring up now because we don't seem to have any concrete, stable approach to world affairs right now. I mean, it seems like people feel like they can just rise up and run all over the top of everything that's kind of for the past four years been quiet to be, you know, I I haven't heard a lot of this stuff coming up in the news with these different governments, you know, over in the Middle East rising up and doing these kind of things. And now it just seems like from every corner, we've got uh, we've got these nations rising up and kind of doing the same old thing again. I think that is exactly why very, uh, very perceptive that. Everything rises and falls on leadership, yeah. and we have a leadership that is uh, – we're not sure where its allegiance is. But uh, prior to that, uh, 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 President Trump, there was no there was no doubt. Mm. He, would take, he, he, he was uh, behind Israel, and he was pro-American. So, um, yeah, great point. Harry Truman is the um, – hold on, i got a message here on my phone. Harry Truman is uh, – was pro- providentially – um, used by God to to uh, bring Israel back into existence mm. as a as a state as a um, a new nation that was a nation before uh, Harry Truman was of course vice president under FDR Franklin Delano Roosevelt Roosevelt was a very vir- virulently anti semite he did not like the Jews and he. Uh, Wrote a letter. He was ailing and and uh, uh, getting sicker and sicker, and had had some uh, meetings with uh, uh, some people from the Middle East, and and they asked him, you know, where are you? We want uh, Israel to become a state, or they're talking about uh, a, a new Jewish homeland, Israel becoming a state again. And uh, he met with a guy named King Abdul Aziz Ibam Ibam. Saad. You did well with that. Thank you very much. You you need to read the biblical names in the text for. Well, now. I'm 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 uh, I have come from uh, uh, Islamic heritage. <laughs> February 14, 1945, Franklin Roosevelt in poor health met with the King Abdul on uh, the USS Quincy in the Suez Canal on his way back from the Yalta conference. So, so Roosevelt is ailing, getting sick already. Roosevelt then wrote to this King Abdul. Uh, promising that as long as he was president, America 
would not recognize a Jewish state. You got to wow. be careful when you do that, right? That's a that's a pretty bold thing to mm-hmm. do. He said, "I communicated to you the attitude of the American government toward Palestine that no decision be taken. I, I assured you that I would take no action in my con- capacity as chief of the executive with regard to the question of Palestine. The policy of this government is unchanged. No, there will not be a Jewish state, FDR said. Within a week of that letter, the ailing Roosevelt died. Wow. Within a week of writing that letter, Harry Truman became the 33rd president. Harry Truman was pro-Israel, strongly, uh, strongly pro-Israel. He grew up in a Christian home with Baptist parents. He went to a Baptist church, sometimes to a Presbyterian church, and he was he was he he providentially a pastor. He became friends. He was a World War One hero, and made a made a good a very good friend named Eddie Jacobson, who's a Jew during during the war. And uh, they they became friends. They even started a haberdasher together, a, a men's store. It failed. It didn't do well. That's one of my, my favorite stories of Truman. He was a great war hero. He could not run a business, so he was human. Um, so uh, so uh, he they were lobbying the president, President Truman. Look, we w- w- this was coming to pass. You know, Providence was moving. When Providence moves in a direction, then uh, you best get behind God, right? So. Uh, the, the uh, but but Truman wasn't wasn't really having it yet. You know, uh, you know I don't think he wanted to do it yet. And so uh, his friend Eddie Jacobson, the Jew, his buddy from the war, said, "Mr. President Harry, he goes, <laughs> look Harry, you've got to do me this one favor. See this tired old man. See this tired old man. He's come halfway across the world to see you. Just give him a few minutes of your time." So. Truman meets with this man named Wiseman, and he was he was so impressed with him that he agreed to support the new state of Israel. Hmm. So um, that's how it came to pass, and there's a lot more to the story, obviously. But uh, it says here, after talking with Truman on the phone, Warren Austin, another man here involved in it, returned to his audience and said, President Truman has instructed me that the United States supports in full the partition plan as adopted by the United Nations and work will work to see it implemented. Hmm. On May 15, 1948, the United Nations voted to recognize the state of Israel. Wow. You know that's providence yeah. because the United Nations – Hates Israel, mm-hmm. right? The world hates Israel, yep. and um, America has always been a friend to Israel. Mm. There's there's certain um, administrations where that's not true, like the current administration, like the Obama administration. But but historically, we we've always been a friend to Israel, mm. and uh, I wonder getting, if uh, if President Truman knew the massive stroke of prophecy that was taking place during okay. that time. That's a that's a great question. He did know. Um, he called himself. Uh, who's the king? Who's the king in in uh, the Old Testament? Who was uh, a, a friend to Israel? Who who got behind Israel? 
Um, I'm looking for it in the in the email, but he said, "I am him." Mm-hmm. It wasn't Nebuchadnezzar. It was the guy that that beat up Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> but he said, "Okay, so, so, suppose it was Nebuchadnezzar. he said, I am Nebuchadnezzar." Mm-hmm. He he knew he wasn't being uh, he wa- he wasn't being uh, boastful or puffed up. He was just saying, "I'm that guy. Mm-hmm. I'm the guy who's friend uh, the friend of Israel to bring Israel back into." Uh, into existence. Wow. He, he, he had that Christian background. Mm-hmm. We're talking about, you know, this was 60, 70 years ago when, when America was still very Christian. Right. And Truman uh, Truman grew up under that. And um, uh, he understood, he understood who he was. And I'm mad that I can't find the name of the king. I should know it by heart. But anyway, he knew, he knew who he was. He knew that uh, God was using him mm-hmm. In a special way, which would be, you know, imagine that. Imagine knowing wow. that you're you, the instrument of God to bring it's Israel. It's probably Artaxerxes because he sent the remnant back to build the wall and do all of that. Well, I don't think it was, but uh, because I, that, that name is not. Anyway, you could be right. I don't know. Uh, nonetheless, a little bit of, of uh, Israeli history. And we see, uh, look, look, Pastor, you're you're the theologian here, is... Uh, uh, we got to get going here, but is um, Israel? I mean, do, do you feel like God will always have His hand of protection on them? It, 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 are they in danger of of uh, being, uh, uh, you know, expunged? I think, expelled? prophetically speaking, God is going to do continue to do miraculous things to keep them intact as a nation. In fact, we know that either right before the tribulation period or at the beginning of it that a lot of the powers that exist now in the East, uh, Russia, uh, China, um, even Iran, are going to come against Israel, and they're going to be put down miraculously by God. Yeah. Uh, the Antichrist will uh, retract his covenant with Israel and and really seek to expunge them. But, uh, of course, we know that the judgment of Israel gets fulfilled through the tribulation period. And then, of course, Jesus sets himself back down on the throne to be the ruler of his people, to rule and reign for a thousand mm. years, and then those, the church, that are part of the church, will rule and reign with them during that time, and we'll have a completely reestablished nation. That's awesome. So they're not they're not going anywhere. Not going you know anywhere. that if God brings them back into existence, that's it. Yep. You know? Yep. You may not like it, but yep. uh, I love it, and I want to go there sometime mm. soon. All right, uh, so up next is uh, State Treasurer, Treasurer Riley Moore. He'll be with us on the Voice of Truth radio show. We're going to talk about education savings accounts, school choice. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth radio show. This is your State Senator Mike Azinger. Accompanied with uh, Pastor Brian Leversey, Pastor of Fellowship Baptist Church. And uh, we just had an interesting, uh, I, we thought it was interesting, right? I was thoroughly engaged. <laughs> we talked about Israel, how Israel providentially came into existence, because there's a lot going on in the Middle East right now, and uh, that Iron Dome that Israel has. But I'd like to have I that in my backyard. That. They were showing that on TV the other day? Oh, they shoot these rockets up in the air and intercept the rockets coming in to blow them up, Man. which is nice to have. You know? Can we work that into our Second Amendment? Uh, I, think, can, I think it's in the Second it, Amendment. Is it yeah. right there in our oh, house? Definitely, good. definitely. Um, but uh, we have uh, an honor this morning, and uh, uh, we got uh, State Treasurer 
Riley Moore on the air with us, and uh, we're just really grateful to have you on the air. We're going to talk about education savings accounts, school choice, but uh, uh, Mr. Treasurer, thanks so much for coming on. Oh, no, thank you for having me. It's honored to be here. Great. Uh, we'll just uh, take a few minutes here. We're going. We have a. We have a whole new education paradigm in West Virginia now. I'd say uh, with education savings accounts. Uh, maybe you can uh, give a, a rough o- overview and explain uh, what the, the uh, Hope Scholarship is. What we're calling it, the Hope Scholarship Program, but it's basically education savings accounts. Correct. Correct. It's called the Hope Scholarship, but in practice. Is everybody understands it's an educational savings account. Good deal. So, how's it work? If, if I want, uh, you know, if, if one of our listeners has a, a child in one of the local public schools, uh, how does that work in in a practical sense? Well, let me just give kind of a general overview, and then I'll okay. get into the uh, practical steps that one needs to take. But so, the educational savings account here in West Virginia, the Hope Scholarship. The way this is going to work is. There is what we call a per-pupil funding uh, allocation of state dollars that every student in West Virginia gets. So that is $4,600. So $4,600 is the annual amount a, a family, a parent, can request from the state of West Virginia to apply to what I would call alternative educational means, such as maybe perhaps that's a uh, parochial Christian school, maybe it's a home school, uh, maybe it's some additional tutoring or um, uh, things of that nature. So it, it, there's, this is one of the most flexible programs in terms of an educational savings account in the entire country. So West Virginia, uh, here's another first that we have uh, that our good Republican majority in the House and Senate has been able to uh, put in place here. So it's a very exciting opportunity. Now, practically speaking, uh, <clears throat> Senator Azinger, the way this would work right now, depending on where your kid is, so if your child happens to have not been enrolled in kindergarten yet, you have a young child, I have young children, um, they can, when they get to the age of kindergarten, request, the $4,600, and then that will go into a, an account, and then a qualified educational expense determination will be made by my office, since we are administering this program, the state treasurer's office is, and then the dollars go into what's called a digital wallet, and then assuming that those educational expenses are uh above board, uh, which they're going to be pretty uh, comprehensively laid out in our rules, and if they qualified expense, that payment then will be made, which it could be, let's say, tuition. Uh, it could be uh, books and uh, computer to be able to homeschool your children. Um, pretty wide range. We're going through the rulemaking process of that right now. Now, if your child happens to be in public school right now, there is a provision in the bill, um, and this is the way the bill was passed, that says your child has to spend 45 days in public school um, before they can um, be uh, eligible to be able to 
use that $4,600. So if your kid is in public school right now and you decide that you want to use that $4,600 once this program comes online and you want to send your kid to a private Christian school, let's say, sign on up. So the process is there's going to be an application process that you will send to my office. We'll process the application. We'll set up the online, uh, or pardon me, the digital wallet. And then it'll go semester by semester, right? So when your tuition is due, uh, the payment shall be made as a qualified expense. And then whatever remainder that is out there, then the parents will cover the remainder. But it's $4,600 annually that you're going to be able to take and use however you want to be able to educate your children, which I think is a real win for freedom and education in this state. Hmm. It sounds amazing. Uh, you know, with everything that's new, of course, people, when they don't fully understand it, sometimes they, they say, well, I've got my situation figured out right now, and I don't fully understand this. And so it seems complicated to engage in. Um, but this sounds like a pretty simple process. One of the concerns that people might have is, you know, for some time, there's been attempts to have reform of the education system or the options for parents to be able to do different things with their children. And it's it's been difficult to get those measures passed. Maybe you could speak a little bit to how important an opportunity like this is, why people should take advantage of it. And then uh, another question would be, do we work directly with your office that say, I have a child in public school right now. I want to get them enrolled in this uh, this program do I, do I send the application directly to your office? Do I have to work with my current school system? And if I have to work with my school system right now, um, it, are, am I going to get pushback from them and, and difficulty in this process? No, you work directly with my office. And so to be clear, this program comes online next year. And so we're going to make the <clears throat> the legislation lays out that the application must be uh, available by March of next year. So that's going to be part of that rulemaking process that we're going through in terms of the steps that need to be taken, kind of the down in the details uh, aspects of that. But no, you go directly through my office um, to be able to apply uh, for these dollars. Uh, You know, I was in the legislature uh, before being state treasurer and Senator Azinger's fought these fights uh, for years, we have to demand better outcomes Hmm. for our children here in West Virginia. Hmm. We have to have better educational outcomes. And many times, you know, we'd go through these teacher strikes and, you know, we went through all that and it was about the teachers. Hmm. But this isn't about teachers. This is about children. And this is about getting better outcomes for the children here in West Virginia. That's great. So we're on the phone with State Treasurer Riley Moore. Um, young guy, how old are you, Riley? Forty. So uh, you were, I was telling Pastor about uh, your story before we came on there, just, just a, a, a quick rabbit trail here. But you were you were in the House, and you got defeated for, for re-election over in the Eastern Panhandle. So you said, well, I didn't win a House race. I'm going to run statewide. <laughs> <laughs> and, and off you went. And uh, I'll tell you— uh, uh, I just am really excited you're, you're where you are, and uh, you spoke at the GOP dinner. Uh, we're not getting political here on the radio, but you were on the, at the GOP di- dinner, and uh, I think you impressed 
a lot of people wherever you go, and I'm excited that you are where you are. So uh, if, if, if I have kids in a Christian school right now or I homeschool right now, uh, am I eligible for this $4,600? No. Um, so that is one of the nuances of the way the bill was passed, is that if your kid, if your child is, in, uh, is being homeschooled or your child is in uh, a Christian school right now, you have to have them in public school for 45 days to be able to qualify for this. Now, this opens... This opens wide up. Uh, it, it's completely open after 2020. When we get to 2026, that requirement is no longer there. It's wide open. Mm. Wow. This is the way the bill passed. Um, I, I know that's you know, going to make some things pretty complicated for folks because they're going to have to take their kid, perhaps out of Christian school, put them in a public school for 45 days, which is not a short period of time. And then, um, and then qualify for those dollars. Yeah, and of course you uh, you're not responsible for that. That's uh, the, that's us legislators that are responsible for that. You're you're sounding a little bit defensive, and uh, you had nothing to do with it. You're just doing your job. So. Uh, uh, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you, I, I just administer it. <laughs> you are. I, I, I was watching the pre- as I was watching legislation that was, that was going. And well, it was worse. I, wasn't it worse than that? I mean, I, I remember it being like a year early in the session. Is that? Am I remembering right? That's the way I remembered it too. I was like, oh my god. So at least we're down to forty-five calendar day, calendar days, and and uh, this is this is such uh, momentous watershed legislation. Uh, just like you just said, 2026 is wide open, so we won't even have the 45 calendar day caveat here. Uh, and and like you said also uh, a minute ago, this is this is some of the the most freedom centered uh, education legislation in the country, right? Yes, absolutely. There is there is no ESA program in the country right now that has as much latitude that this one does or another way to say it is much freedom that's great uh so uh i was, was going to ask you one other thing but, but pastor's got a question here yeah, for you too. I, so if if somebody wants to meet the qualifications for the 45 days of having their kids enrolled do, i know we talked about this a little bit and i don't know if we we know the answer to this yet or not but does online school count well that's what we're going to try to address in the rules so we're as required by law, we're going to set up a board, and the board will then promulgate those rules as we uh, put them forward, and the legislature will then agree to them. But that is going to be kind of, you know, the devil is in the details kind of thing. So we're going to work um, and try to really narrowly define uh, what qualifies and what doesn't. At this point, we don't know that yet because the board has not been appointed by the governor. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are working with the governor to get this board appointed um, as quickly as possible. And we are currently in the process of writing those rules, even though we don't have the board yet, just in anticipation of when we do. But that is something that we are going to look at, and it's a great question. Yes. Uh, but so, one that we're, n- we're not able to answer yet. Yeah, it'd be great. Potentially, as a, you know, as a homeschooler, you know, it's, it's one thing to send your kid for 45 days physically to a, a location and then a whole other thing to 
perhaps, you know, enroll online, keep them home still, and then be able to make a transition later on. So, Absolutely. And, you know, out here in the eastern panhandle where I live, uh, we have a very large homeschooling community. So th- this is a question that I have gotten uh, quite a lot. Mm. So it's something that we're certainly looking at. State Treasurer Riley Moore on the phone with us. Uh, one thing that I learned that surprised me during session about this bill is how few people actually take advantage of it in every state where it's offered. You're talking, you know, two or three or four percent of the education populace. Um, does that sound right to you? Yes, all of the um, national groups and then also the other states that we have spoken with. Two, three percent, you know, four uh, is kind of reaching the outer limits in terms of the uh, student populace that will participate in this. I will say, though, we have had a lot of um, questions from schools and students and parents from all over the state on this. I I, I think that this is going to be a very successful program. Well, I do too, and I'm very excited about it. Yeah, maybe also talk about the wide-reaching benefits. I know you spoke um, at the GOP dinner recently, and one of the things that I think people don't recognize because they're so laser-focused in on their family and their kids, but this, this also would open up greater opportunities for people to move to our area, industries to relocate to our area, just because of the options it brings. Isn't that correct? Yes. Yes, I, I'm glad you touched on that. So in my previous job, uh, I'd worked in uh, aerospace and defense industry at <clears throat> Textron. And we would look around at different parts of the country and our consultants and, you know, all those types of people would say, all right, here's a list of uh, potential places where you could put a manufacturing facility in the country. And they'd come back, and West Virginia wouldn't be on the list. And I'd say, what, what gives here? Why not West Virginia? I want to go. Give me the reasons. And one of the reasons was educational uh, educational options. Hmm. And it was, you know, our public school system was rated very low. And then they said, Riley, look, you're going to be asking very highly compensated individuals within your corporation to move to West Virginia without really good educational uh, options and opportunities. Hmm. And you're talking to engineers and all these other folks. They're not going to want to do that. So this, I think, is going to really be able to um, solidify us as a place to come work and raise a family and also locate businesses because you can have that $4,600 where you could you could use that towards homeschool, you could use that towards private school, you could use that for tutoring. I think that this is going to be able to uh, be a real discriminator in West Virginia's favor in terms of a place to be able to live, work, and do business. Hmm. That's great, and, and, and uh, that was uh, such a great point. Uh, about how that will be a, a game changer for West Virginia. You know, we we're we're uh, the the big joke is thank God for Mississippi because we're either 49th or 50th and everything, <laughs> and uh, Mississippi helps us out a lot by being 50th, so we can be 49th. But this is this is one uh, area, as you said, uh, Mr. Treasurer, that uh, will put us at the top in the country in in terms of education freedom and to me that's what this is all about mm. daggone it you know if you if if you want to send your kids wherever you want to send your kids who is the state 
to tell mm. you you can't. Uh, this 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 goes to be fundamentally, uh, Riley, that uh, who's sovereign over the your kids is the state, because uh, the state in about uh, every state can can tell you you have to uh, uh, edu- uh, you know they compel you to uh, put your kids in school. You have to. You can be arrested. And uh, to me, uh, that that is uh, th- this this law says it it shifts the the power paradigm back over to the parents, and that's one thing I love about it. So. Um, uh, just w- w- want to wrap it up on this subject uh, quick here, uh, uh, Riley. But j- j- is there anything else that we missed that you wanted to uh, touch on? No, I, you know, Mike, you you hit the nail on the head though. There, I, I mean, and it's yeah, you know, the sovereignty question and as it relates to you know your children's education, but also their future. Yeah. But it's also it's also taking back control of our tax dollars. This is our money. Yes. This isn't like the, the government's not handing you money that's not yours. This is your tax dollars. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, uh, and, and, and tax tax dollars are, are power also, aren't they? You know, it's it's uh, tax cuts are, aren't just giving money back to the people. It's giving power back to the people, and, uh, and that's what this does. So, um, so that's a that's a great point, but uh, uh, we're going to take a quick break here, Riley Moore, State Treasurer, and then we're going to talk just a few minutes when we come back. If you, if you're okay, do you have to go anywhere? Are we holding you up? No, no, I'm okay. good. Okay, so uh, we're going to take a, a quick break and come back and talk about critical race theory because uh, uh, that's a big thing with Pastor and I, and you brought it up. Uh, Ad hominem at at the Republican dinner, and I thought, man, we got a state treasurer who uh, hates critical race theory. We're a blessed state. So, you're listening to the Voice of Truth Radio Show with uh, State Treasurer Riley Moore. We'll be back, and we're going to finish up talking a, a little bit about critical race theory. So, don't go away. But we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. Your host, State Senator Mike Azinger, sitting next to my co-host, Pastor Brian Leversey, and we uh, are honored to have as our guest, State Treasurer Riley Moore from the Eastern Panhandle. A young guy, but uh, a rising star in the GOP, and we we uh, we were all at a dinner the other night, a couple weeks ago, and uh, Riley Moore spoke, and uh, we were just... Uh, excited about his speech, and we thought, hey, let's have him on the air. And in the last segment, we talked about education savings account, and Riley Moore gave us a good re- explanation and rundown um, of, of what they are, how they work. And if you missed that segment, just go to our, our podcast. That is Voice of Truth with Mike Azinger. So uh, you also brought up critical race theory, um, Riley, and uh, Pastor and I uh, – talk about that about every show and uh, this is this is uh, something that is unavoidable now it is ubiquitous every state i think is having to deal with critical race theory and it it says it does a lot of things but but what it basically says is uh uh it's it's marxist at its roots it is uh it, it sets two uh 
classes against each other, which is what Marx did. You know, Marx had set up the it said the bourgeoisie and the proletariat, the capitalists and the workers, and 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 set them against each other. That's what Marxism does. And we have two groups now. Uh, if you're white, you're racist. America is racist by definition, and every other subgroup, quote unquote, is to hate uh, the white white people and uh, it's set up contention and it's set up hatred and it's and it is it's it's infiltrating our schools so yeah and it's just insidious how it's kind of you know got traction everywhere and the scariest part is you know they're taking something that i still feel should be taught at home as far as some of these values and the way that you approach the the value morality section of life and, and it's almost become a, a major focus in public education. And I think that just speaks to what we were talking about, you know, in our last segment about having options and being able to do that. And, and that's why, again, the savings accounts are so important, isn't it, Riley? Yes, it is. And as Mike said, I mean, it's, it has just become ubiquitous in the educational system across the country right now. And essentially what you have is this theory around everything that's happened in American history was, you know, predicated upon uh, the notion or the structure that white supremacy was the reason uh, every decision and it colored every historical thing that has happened throughout the United States, which is, which is terrible. You know, I, I think, you know, you had Senator Tim Scott on television the other day, mm-hmm. uh, talked about this a little bit. He touched on it, and he said, you know, back when I was young and I was going to school in, you know, Jim Crow, South Carolina, I was taught that the color of my skin defined who I am. He's like, that is what's happening again mm-hmm. in the school system. And just for point of reference, that was the Democrats that instituted that back in Jim Crow era, and it's the Democrats mm-hmm. that are instituting that now, again, just in a redefinition uh, of terms around it. And the saddest part about all of this is it drives a wedge in between people in this country where we're going to have some folks that say the founding fathers, you know, created this nation, Declaration of Independence, yada, 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 I mean, all the great history of this country, but then you're going to have a group of folks that have been taught that actually these were terrible people, um, you know, they, all of, all of this was predicated upon uh, slavery and racism and things of that nature. Look, we, we all know, yes, did some of the founding fathers own slaves? Yes, they did. Um, so did many, many parts of the world at yeah. that time. I mean, you have to put it into context. Yeah. It by no means diminishes, I mean, the amazing things that the Founding Fathers were able to do. I mean, one only needs to go back and read the biography of someone like Thomas Jefferson, who actually introduced legislation in the House of Burgesses back when he was a delegate in Virginia Hmm. that wanted to address slavery back then, but the country, the state at that time, was not ready for it. Hmm. Right. You know, this is... It's everything out of context, right? It's, gosh, you know, I mean, can we, uh, you know, 
how how can we uh, study uh, Caesar? The guy was a he, he was a real racist and dictator. Mm-hmm. It's like it was Rome, you know, two thousand years ago, you know, three thousand years ago. So it's you yeah. know, I mean, it's everything is out of of context. Everything that's historical is put in today's context. And could you believe they acted like this? And it's this alternate history that's being taught that is, I think, absolutely destructive. Senator Tim Scott put it in the best terms of. But the color defined who I was back then, and now we're going to say color is going to define who people are again. Yes, and it's proportion also. It's context. That's a, that's a great point. It's also proportion. Uh, it's taking the sins of, of the founding fathers and broad brushing them mm-hmm. and, and make it, making it the only characteristic they had. The only mm-hmm. thing that defines them was, okay, they're, they're racist, they had slaves. And the reason that I think the leftists are doing this, Riley, is because of the ideas of the Founding Fathers. Mm. These were ideas of Christianity. These were ideas of the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, of freedom. And that's what the left hates. It, it hates what the Founding Fathers believed and set up and the, the nation that they created. That's what they hate, and, and they want to destroy that. But you, you had a, a really good uh, explanation and— uh, uh, that's going back to the education savings account, the, the uh, Hope Scholarship. This is this is a a reason that uh, maybe some folks look if if your kids are being taught critical race theory in public schools, maybe you want another, mm-hmm. another option. And this is this is what uh, the ESAs, the Hope Scholarship, gives you. Yes, and this is it's sad that this is happening, but I, I do feel that the left believes. The only way that can continue to win is to sow division in our society, because if there's not a crisis, I mean, who's going to sign up for some of the ideas that they right. have? You know, massive tax increases and things right. of this nature. The only way that we can even the playing field out there. And what they confuse and conflate in all this is equality and opportunity with equality and outcomes. You have no mm. right to equality and outcomes. Right. Equality and outcomes is socialism. Yes. That's, there's equality in opportunity. Yes, everyone should have equal opportunity. We believe that, right? I mean, you know, we're all, you know, uh, made in the image of God, mm. and, you know, but, but this, this equality of outcomes, that everyone has the right to have the same outcome, maybe some people work harder, maybe mm. some people don't. Maybe, how can you guarantee something like that? I mean, that is socialism. It's that a- is it's self-evidently preposterous mm-hmm. that we could all have equal outcomes, and that was very well said and explained uh, by State Treasurer Riley Moore. Thanks so much for coming on the show with us. It was an honor to have you. You did a great job. You explained uh, everything, I think, clearly that mm-hmm. uh, so that our listeners could understand it. And uh, we're glad that you are where you are. Hmm. Oh, well, me too. Glad to be back in uh, in public office. I love being able to fight these fights and uh, just glad to have a great ally like Senator Azinger uh, there out of Parkersburg. So, Amen to that. All right, bud. Well, thanks so much for coming on there. We're proud of you, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see you somewhere out there uh, soon. We, uh, we appreciate your time. We'll see you all soon. God uh, bless. All right. Have a great day.
Welcome back to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Azinger, accompanied by Pastor Brian Leversey, pastor of Fellowship Baptist Church. You're listening to Praise FM, the only the only show in America where you'll experience the fusion of church and state. I forgot to say that at the introduction, Man. and it's been bugging me ever <laughs> since. If you can go a whole show without saying fusion, it's it's not going to be good. Hey, I saw I saw fusion uh, somewhere else in. Uh, in uh, doing some research for the show, and I meant to text it to you, but I got busy because I know that deep down you love the word too. I do, I do, I do. <laughs> Since I invented it, it's... no, you didn't. Invent it. <laughs> All right, so we're uh, we're going to do a couple segments here, uh, finishing up the show. One of them is about uh, a lot of things going on uh, in several countries. One Canada, you've heard about this pastor in uh, Canada, Arthur. A-R-T-U-R, Pulaski. I think he's Polish, but he must be a missionary to Canada or something Mm. like that. Um, So folks have probably seen, maybe seen, these (laughs) – this guy's great. These videos, these Canadians coming to arrest him for whatever. I can't remember if it was a mask or if it was for preaching something in the Bible. Uh, You know, the world is loving the Bible less and less. Mm -hmm. So they don't like him in Canada. Canada is a very liberal country now, and their their prime minister is very left. But it's a forerunner of what we're becoming. We're always right behind Mm -hmm. Great Britain and Canada – um, so, so pay attention. We're going to do some Great Britain news too. Also, so Archer Pulaski, uh, he he shooed these guys out of this church. Go get out of here. Go go. You don't believe it was awesome. And they just turned around like whip pups and kind of okay. <laughs> well, I guess we we'll have to leave. And uh, so this this video went viral. It was phenomenal. Everyone's yeah. And uh, here's a stud. Uh, so what the, what happened is, and you can find this, where I, uh, I don't even know what website, I, this link is huge and I don't know what exactly website it was, rumble.com, Archer Pulaski arrested, treated like Soviet dissident in jail. So this, uh, Archer Pulaski who shooed, uh, these government officials out of his church, get out of my church, was out and about and they waited till he was on a main highway where they they could do it in front of everybody and they took him out of his car and they arrested him like a criminal and they put him in prison. Hmm. They're making they're making an example yeah. of him. Yeah. And you know that's happened uh from time to time even in the United States uh but it hasn't had it hasn't gotten traction. I remember back in the 80s during the whole uh homeschool church school kind of thing we had sheriffs going in and arresting you know, people wow. that were, yes. uh, you know, having school in the church and not sending their kids to public school and so on. And that that was very short-lived. But uh, it's because we have a constitution. It's because we have uh, a foundation for the rights that we have here. And when we start trying to move into more of a socialist mentality, this is what happens in these countries that this takes and, place. And in. this is this is becoming a, a worldwide phenomenon. It is. That uh, we're seeing nations becoming more and more godless. Mm-hmm. That's that's what it, it is. is, and and you want to become more and more godless. You mm-hmm. can do that, but God uh, pays attention to that, mm-hmm. and and we're seeing things happen in our country that are very troubling. And uh, who are we? Um, uh, is, is God going to say to America, "Well, you're America, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to judge you like I would"? Yeah. No, He doesn't do that. Yeah. He doesn't do it to Canada. And here's one from 
England. London pastor arrested for sermon on marriage. He said, I was only saying what the Bible says, Mm -hmm. and they arrested him for it. Now, uh, these other countries don't have, like you said, a constitution like we have, but they do have freedom. Canada is a free nation. This is a Western nation. Great Britain's a free nation. It's a Western nation. Mm -hmm. And and these, uh, especially England, the the history they have of, of the great preachers there, George Whitfield and Wesley, who brought the the great revivals to America, came from England. Mm-hmm. They traveled back and forth. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, one of the greatest preachers of all time, mm-hmm. had the London Tabernacle. Yeah. And and it's London now has a, a Islam Islamic mayor. Yeah. Well this is this shows this. Freedom comes from God, not government. And as soon as you take God out of everything it doesn't matter, quite honestly, and I love our Constitution, and I love uh, you know, what the, uh, the Founding Fathers have set up for us for our freedom, but they knew our freedom came from God, too. And as soon as we remove God, it doesn't matter what Constitution we have, it doesn't matter what we have, they'll start taking away our freedoms. And I'm seeing a, a thread through all of this, you know, especially when it comes to preaching the Word of God or meeting for church and then getting thrown into jail for that, for whatever aspect it is. It's like this virtue signaling is what they're using to be able to come in and paint believers like like villains because you're meeting in your church and we shouldn't be meeting because there's a pandemic going on. So we're going to usurp your rights of freedom because you're a villain because you want people to die. And they use that logic to come in and say, so now we can arrest you or you're not wearing mm-hmm. a mask or you are inherently racist and you're not buying into how we're cleansing you of your racism. So, you know, you, along with all of our founding fathers that obviously uh, wrote these racist documents like the Constitution are evil because of all of this. And then they start wiping out your freedoms by virtue signaling that they have some better virtue than what we were founded on as a nation. Yes. And when you don't like God, you're not going to like his commandments. So you'll come up with your own commandments that's right. that punishes the people that do like God. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, that's that. We'll, we'll keep an eye on stuff. I, one other I was going to talk about, uh, uh, the uh, a school chaplain was fired, uh, reported as a terrorist for what? Preaching students can disagree with LGBT ideology. And wow. that's happening. That's uh, that's what's going on, folks. All right, we're going to come back and talk about some etiquette. You folks need to get on the ball with your <laughs> etiquette. We're going to talk about it on the Voice of Truth radio show. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. Mike Azinger with Pastor Brian Leversey. All right, we're going to finish it up with etiquette, folks. You folks need etiquette out there, and that's why we're going to tell you all about it. <laughs> so what we have, a townandcountrymag.com has 50 rules of etiquette. And uh, so we do five at the end of each of our show. We're, we're getting there. Because we think our listeners I didn't realize need to there's step up. this much stuff we need to do. <laughs> but the worst part is that I read them, I think, uh-oh, uh, I'm, I, I did that one bad. I did that one bad. All right, so here we go. We're on number 16. All right. Curb your potty mouth. I've said that Ooh. to you for a long time, Pastor. Matter of fact, we Good thing we have this edit hey, watch button. <laughs> Curb your potty mouth. That is the truth. You know, I was in a, uh, uh, a place of business. This gal in the back, now it's a little rough and tumble place. You know, I get my shoes done there. She's about blankety, blankety, blank, blank. I thought, what in the yeah. world? And, and this is 
not common, but it's creeping into it is. a place of business. Are you, when you when it starts creeping into a place of business, so next time I go in there, I'm gonna say, "Hey, curb Kirby. your potty mouth back here." <laughs> Just have her read the article <laughs> and highlight Can I this text one. You something? <laughs> All right, number seventeen. Keep the noise down at work. We're being too loud. Yeah, but we're so. in a studio that has uh, uh, sound insulation. Yes. Yeah. Uh, keep the noise down at work. I like that one. Yeah, just hush so I can concentrate here. 18, shake hands firmly. Not now. <laughs> you don't shake now. Bump elbows firmly. I refuse. Ow. I refuse to transition to the elbow Absolutely. bump and the fist bump. There you go. Forget about it. There you go. So I was, uh, I met, uh, I met this, this young man yesterday at a, uh, event I was at and, uh, I was congratulating him because he was being given an award for something. I forget what it was, but it was it was good. He did a good job. Uh, it was the worst handshake. I, what I should have done, I'm thinking he doesn't have a daddy teaching him how to shake hands. I felt sorry for the boy. I should have uh, taken a second. Should I have? Yeah, Would that be should have taught him real good. Bad <laughs> etiquette to do that? Would that yeah, be bad be, etiquette? Be quiet at work. <laughs> I should have said to the poor boy, do you know there's a, there's a guy uh, who does videos for, for kids, for boys that don't have a dad, teaches them things on these videos. Hmm. Uh, and we, we need to do a whole hour sometime on daddies. That'd be good. Maybe around Father's Day. There you go. When is yep. that? Are you getting me anything for Father's Do we have to get each other? I think we do. Huh? Something to You've got eat. got like perfect kids. Have your kids ever sinned? I don't even think. <laughs> well, don't, they, they sure call. Wife, your wife, not they, you. But yeah, yeah. They sure call me out on mine. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst part about having kids. You know what's the deal with that? I don't know. They're I like mean, little little holy spirits. What, over am, the am house, I supposed you know? to be consistent yeah. at home or something? What's your problem? All right, eighteen. Shake hands firmly. Nineteen. Don't bring your smelly leftovers to the office. Yeah, I can. Uh, uh, then last one. Twenty. Dress. For the occasion. That's oh, that's good. That's another one we need to do is one on, on dress. And, you know, I don't think we have enough occasions anymore. That's the thing. There's, like, just one way to dress anymore, and there's not a whole lot of occasions people go to. I mean, back yeah. in the day, people had dinners, and they went. Yeah. Yeah. people went to church, and they thought that was an occasion. Yeah. Now they don't think that's an occasion you anymore. You know, the, so. uh, uh, the Lord dressed uh, the— uh, not, uh, not the, the guys in charge of the temple were hmm. called were, were called uh, not rabbis, but they were the the head dudes mm-hmm. of the temple. Yes, head dudes. God, that's, exactly. <laughs> that's what they called them. God, <laughs> God specified how they were yeah. to dress. Yeah. And uh, dress is very important. I, I, uh, Washington was very mm. meticulous about his dress. He always was was dressed to the nines, and he mm-hmm. he bought his clothes overseas and imported his clothes. And, and people used to dress. Uh, with with uh, an air of sophistication mm-hmm. in America, you know, you you would you would see those pictures of old ball games with men in ties, mm-hmm. and men wore t- ties everywhere, and ladies wore dresses and were very. Uh, and now we dress like me, like slob. Look at me. I, I got a pair of jeans and a sweater on. Uh, so dress it up out there, folks. Um, that was it, number twenty. So next week we'll start at number twenty-one. I won't tell you what it is, but it's a uh, it's a good one. Okay. All right. All right. You're listening to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. We're glad you joined us today. We had fun. If you didn't, but uh, we're glad you're out there. We appreciate our listeners very much. God bless you, and we'll see you next week. I will choose to-